You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. All right. Uh, I felt the room turn against me a little bit when Philip mentioned me playing beating your kids in ping pong. I'm not sure what happened there. That's not true. I'm not planning on playing any kids except my own, perhaps. All right. I do have a six foot six uh, freshman in college, and so he just might come uh, trying to win the whole deal. Anyway, all right. Hey, I'm glad you're here, by the way. Enough about me. Uh, Glad you're all here this morning. Welcome everybody online, especially those, hey, from our South Campus, which we just launched last week in South Austin. Would you all say good morning to them on three. One, two, three. Good morning. Yeah, they're watching in with us today. Uh, and so second of all, before we get going, I want to just acknowledge and thank our veterans today. Thank you for your service and for your sacrifice. Appreciate you. And if you were here last week, you know, last Sunday was our annual Live Big Sunday. It's this one day, one time a year where we ask what if we could be known, not just for our theology, which we take seriously, but for our generosity in the city. And so to that end, we try to see how much money we can raise and then give away in one day. And so last week, uh, we asked you, what if we could raise $48,000 in one day? And over the last nine years of doing Live Big, we've been able to give away more than $400,000 into our local community. It's incredible through your generosity. And so this year, again, our goal was $48,000 for the source. The source is a, a, a women's health screening clinic that provide health services, both pre- and postnatal. They're amazing, been doing great work. They're a great nonprofit. And so we asked, what if we could raise $48,000? And to get there, we asked you to give at least, come on, how much per person? $39.95. And so I'm excited to say that not only did we make our goal, we went way above our goal and we set a new record for one day and Live Big Sunday. Here's our total from last week. It is $86,212.24. Amazing. $86,212.24. This church was able to raise, and one of the best parts about this is they didn't know it was coming. And so we called them up and said, hey, we got a little gift for you. They probably think we're bringing flowers or Tiff's treats, and that would be nice. But no, there's a check with that amount of money in it. And so we visited, we took a little video, and here was the moment. Here's what happened. And this is our Libic Sunday where our pastor says we give it all away. Nothing stays at the church. There's no delivery fee. There's no shipping, handling. It all goes to you. And so we just, we thank you for the work that you're doing in our community. We thank you for how you love women so much and how I've sent several women here before and just heard back how they were loved on and even helped find jobs or clothes and that's not even what's on your 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 website but that's how much you love people and so thank you for what you do pray that God will will increase you increase your footprint in the city in this state the fact that you want all women to have good health care and to be loved and feel this type of love is I believe it's pleasing to God. And so our our heart is that this multiplies. This is nothing compared to the job that needs to be done. But our prayer is that God multiplies it like further than fishes and loaves, more than we can imagine. Mm -hmm. So thank you for the work that you do, Mary. Well, go ahead and open it first. I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed by what you just said. I think that this is a space that it's just, it's just overwhelming. And I Courtney, come on over. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. I'm dying over here. 
In the midst of how you all are impacting the city as someone that you all want to sow into you, like it already touches my heart that you trust us enough to bring them here. But to invest in us in this way, like I'm just overwhelmed. So thank you all. Come on. That's amazing. I am so thankful to be a part of you and us together in this city, what we're doing. It's incredible. Thank you again. Our scripture reading today is going to be from Luke chapter 12 in our series from the gospel of Luke called Reversal, and it's going to be from Luke 12, 22 through 34. Here we go. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You have a little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the reading of God's holy, blessed, eternal, and amazing word. All his people said, amen. Yeah, last week, you may know that if you're here, I began this month-long series within a series based out of the gospel of Luke, looking at Jesus' teaching, abundant amount of teaching, on our financial life. And today we're going to continue in that. But today is going to be a little bit, or shall I say, a lot different. And that's okay. Can you say, that's okay? That's okay, thank you. So today's gonna be way less of a sermon and more just me talking to our members, a long-time attenders, and those of you and us who would call Mosaic home. So if you're brand new here, or you're just a guest, or you just walked in, or you're not a Christian, and your friend invited you and bribed you with lunch, or a date, or both afterward, it's all good. You can kind of sit back and relax today, because unlike most Sundays, where we more have you in mind, today's actually for our Mosaic people, okay? So on one hand, if you're new, relax. On the other hand, this is actually a great Sunday for everybody to be here because we're just going to invite you on in. Now, normally, it's not a good idea to go inside on the first date. And yet today, we're going to flip that. We're going to show you a little bit of what this church is like behind the scenes and specifically financially and make some observations and do a little bit of challenging along the way, okay? But again, this is just me talking. So we're going to get to the end and you're going to say, that was it. So I'll tell you right now, 
That's going to be it, okay? So it's less preaching today and more just common sense, I hope, me, the lead pastor, talking to people who are part of Mosaic. And I'll begin like this. I want to give you a sad but true statement. A statement that's true but sad, and it's this. There are many pastors who don't like to go to the church they lead. Ugh, not good. They only go there because it's their job. And that's not good. But I'm glad that's not the case with me, with Carrie and me, because I can't wait to see you all on Sundays. I love coming here. I wish I could do everything here, as a matter of fact. I wish I could serve in every capacity here. Uh, I wish I could, like Carrie and I did for years, teach children's ministry and open up the Bible for kids and watch it touch their hearts. I wish I could serve coffee here and make everybody feel good by giving them the free, addictive, hot beverages. As a matter of fact, I know how good it is because some of you can't even wait to get it. You just get up in the middle of worship and you go get it. Or you get up in the middle of the message sometimes and go get it. Or at least that's what I trust you're doing if you get up in the middle of the message. Uh, that's how good the chai tea is here. Uh, I, wish I, could, uh, I wish I could greet and, and smile at people on the door and get Mr. Grumpy Guy who won't smile at anybody to smile and break the ice before he comes in the building. I wish, I wish I could serve on an usher team and make people's day and experience great. Maybe serve them the Lord's table when it's time for that. I wish I could do youth ministry and play endless foosball and ping pong and go to camp and eat pizza and drink orange soda until my insides were radioactive with preservatives. Like I think Pastor Wendell and Philip, they're, they're going to live to like they're 120. They're just so well preserved, you know, from all this. I love the worship team. I love Sundays. We have this amazing worship team here, do we not? They're so talented. And true story, for a number of years, I was actually a part of the worship team here. I was. Played the bass here a lot of Sundays until... Till they found somebody better. And they kicked me out. And they said, stick to eight of your lane. You know, 10 and two right there. And, um, I love it that my kids have an amazing experience in student ministry. And before that, in Bananim kids. And one of my sons actually said to me last night, he said, dad, I said, yeah. He said, I can't wait for tomorrow. I love Sundays. Yeah. And I love my church. And to use Jesus' words, my heart is here. And even if I weren't the lead pastor, I would go here. Matter of fact, knowing all that I know, I would especially go here. And then I get to be like on every service team and get to know everybody. And I think and I hope and I know that many of you feel the same way or mostly that way. You love the, the quality of ministry here, especially for a church this size, not the biggest, certainly not the smallest, but you love what we're doing on the college campus, what we're doing in the community, what we do with the homeless community, what we do in Mexico, how much money we give away like you just saw. And some of you are church nerds. And I know this because that's how you describe yourself. And you say, I love our foundations course here. I love our church government. I say, man, you really are a church nerd. You say, yes. I say, all right. Now, others of you, maybe that's not where you're coming from, but for another reason. You've perhaps grown to love it here. You've sort of dipped your toe in the water, grown to love it for a different reason. And even though, yeah, the music may be different than where you've come from, and it's a little bit, sometimes a lot louder than where you've come from, you still want to be here. And so this morning, I want to talk to those of you who would say, hey, I love my church. I know we're not perfect. We got some warts, we got some wrinkles, got some sunspots, got some stuff, you know, you know, it's not always the best, but you know, I love my church because I know what God is doing there and done in my life. So specifically, I want to talk to those of you today who say you love your church, 
And yet you do not have a financial plan to support the church that you say that you love. Okay? I'm going to talk to you, those of you who would say, sure, yeah, my heart is here, but my treasure isn't. I don't have a plan to make sure my treasure, my heart, are in the same place. All right? Now, by saying that, I don't want to say that I don't mean those of you, for example, who've never given it all, or you don't throw in a little bit here or a little bit there, like to Live Big Sunday or a missions deal or something else we do. I mean, if I were to ask you, what is your plan to support your local church financially, not just outside the church, but what's your plan to support the church itself? And so if you today, if you're not a consistent percentage giver, if that's you, if you say, again, I love this church, love what it's done for me and my heart and my family at some or any level, if you say, I love my church, but I don't have a plan to support my church, that's who I want to talk to for just a few moments. All right? So hang with me. It may get a little more tense than it already is right now, but hang with me. We'll come back up for air. All right? Let me ask you this. A little thought experiment. What would you call a father, a dad, a father who said, I love my children. My children are amazing, and I think they're wonderful. I'm so glad they're in my life. I love them, but I don't give them anything. You know, like maybe when they're down to one sock, or like their toothbrush has got one bristle hanging on, or their haircut looks so bad they come to me and beg me for 20 bucks. I'll give it to them then, but okay, fine. Here's 20 bucks for the child I love. What would you call that? A father who says, I love my kids. Sure, I'll spend some time with them, but I'll only give them money when they're doing terrible and they beg me. What would you call that? You'd call that a bad father, right? You'd call that a bad dad. Now, what would you call a Christian who says, I love my church. I love the overall health of my church. I love this and I love that about it, how it's touched my heart. But I don't support it financially unless things get really bad And some guy gets up front and begs me for it. What would you call that? Unfortunately, you'd call that the average Christian. The average Christian, because what every survey and statistical study shows is that's how the average American Christian supports their local church financially. This is from Nonprofit Source, very reputable uh, Christian giving site uh, here. And it says this, it says, according to Nonprofit Source, quoting them, only about 17% of American Christians give 10% or more away. And right now, American Christians tend to give less than ever. This is of this year, 2022. Right now, the average American Christian gives 2.5% of their income away, but during the Great Depression, it was actually higher at 3.3%. And what's more shocking is this, the more Americans make, the less they tend to give. For Americans who make $75,000 or more, only 1% give 10% or more away. Now, yeah, it kind of hurts a little bit. I know where it's, that's, that's talking about uh, us. Now we're part of the church at large, aren't we? Yes. So I don't want you to be average. I know you don't want to be average. Hope you don't. I don't want us to stand before God and say, hey, God, I was only average in supporting your church. Now, the good news is when you come to hear all this, our church, you should know, isn't average. It's amazing. We're way above average. And I've got good news here in two ways. First of all, you should know our year-to-date giving at Mosaic is up 10% over this time last year. That's amazing. In the middle of a level of a recession and inflation and all that, up 
10%. This is an amazing church. God is so good and so faithful. And second, we have way more than 17% of people here who are percentage givers. Right now, here at Mosaic, we did some math, we added it up, and roughly, as far as we can tell, roughly 37% of all our adults give consistently. That's the twofold good news. But there's some not so good news as well there also, because that number means about two-thirds of all our adult members and regular attenders don't give here at all, which means a couple other things. First of all, it means it kind of hurts my feelings. <laughs> it's kind of like, after all we've done for you, you know, our staff has served you and prayed for you and all that, but that's not very mature and that's not very healthy. So I move past that and I never tell anybody I felt that way. Okay. <laughs> but number two, it also means most likely I've done a poor job in leading in this area, and that needs to change. And we haven't actually talked about this money in years here at Mosaic, which is why we're talking about it this month. And even though this is tough to hear, and right now, if you brought a friend, you're totally shrinking in your seat, and if this is your first time here, you're thinking, man, I knew it, all my worst fears are confirmed. <laughs> That's okay. They need to hear this, and you need to hear this, because on one hand, there's actually more good news in that little statistic, which is this. Think of all the good this church does. Think of all the people that it helps. Think of all the ministry we do, all the lives we impact, and all the people we help week in, week out that you never hear about because their needs are so sensitive. But think of all the life and ministry and impact we make with only one-third of our church giving financially. Yeah. So I don't want us to be just average in any area. I would hope that we would, like St. Paul prayed, that we would excel at the grace of giving to be great as a church. So to help us get there, today I've done, again, a bit of research. And basically, there are, we'll list out four main reasons, four main reasons why people don't have a plan to give. Four main reasons why someone would say, I love my church, I'm so glad it's here, it's helped my life, but I don't have a plan to support it financially. So we're gonna go through these, and this basically, yes, is your message today. Number one, here it is. First reason, people don't have a plan to give. They've never thought about it. Just never thought about it. Like, this may be new to you. You're new, new to God, faith, church. So, hey, we're done with this one. Now you know. Let's go make a plan. That was easy. Relatively painless. Number two, you've never taken the time to create a plan. You know, but you've never taken the time to do it. There's something here, maybe from time to time, that you sort of throw in on, like a live big or a missions deal. But you've never made a, a priority to percentage give at this church. And listen, that's, that's not good because for those of us who are Christians, you who are, let me just ask you, do we think that God, who has given us his resources, wants us to go through life spending all that we get however we want, but never prioritizing his church that he's called us to be a part of? And by the way, giving isn't the only thing you need to prioritize. We have a whole financial peace class going on right now aimed to help people prosper financially, to excel in saving and giving and living and all that, okay? But number two is because you've never taken the time. Number three, it's a tougher one. Sometimes people have a theology that allows them not to give. I want to talk about this one. Because people always want to, at this point, debate the merits of the concept of tithing. Now, in the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, a tithe or 10% of a person's income or produce or product they developed was required. In the New Testament, tithing is mentioned one time by one person, and that's from the mouth of Jesus of Nazareth himself, when he rebukes the Pharisees in Luke 11 for 
only tithing. The Pharisees only tithe, but they wouldn't go beyond that to take care of matters like mercy and justice in their community. And Jesus says, you ought to do both. It isn't either or. The Pharisees only saw tithing as a ceiling, not as a starting point. And Jesus rebuked them. So yeah, while nowhere does the New Testament say that tithing is a requirement for church membership, nowhere else does it do anything to dispel that giving at least away 10% of a person's income is a standard born out of God's heart for his people for their own good. And we see in case after case in the New Testament, people give away like these eye-popping amounts. Zacchaeus, Luke 19, gives away 50%. The apostles uh, in Acts give away their farms and land and the income from the sale of that. So that's what happens there. Or, or sometimes people say in church, and this one's a little strange, my theology says I don't need to give because I volunteer at my church. And my volunteer hours are my giving. To which I would say, Man, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> like for some of you, you're charging the people around you 250 bucks an hour and they don't even know it. Like, I know it's crazy, but some people think this. So, so, so what you just need to ask yourself is this. If you say you love your church, but you don't give is this. How have I come to have a theology that allows me to never, ever support financially the local church God has called me to be a part of? Does that sound like an echo of Luke 12? where your treasure is, how your heart is. How did that come to be in your life? Now, I'll tell you where this isn't an issue. Here it is. It's anywhere else besides the Western world. And I said this in first service, and someone after that came up and basically confirmed it once more. Because we, in our individualistic Western culture, we frequently imagine that the gospel has freed us to never give again. <laughs> to support the church we say we love. And my friends who are pastors in other nations say, listen, Morgan, I wish, even with all the inflation and challenges you have right now, I wish we had the economy in our nation you have in the States. They say, we don't have a lot of money, but all our people are givers. We can't even imagine what it would be like to live in the richest nation in the history of the world. How can there be a Christian who uses his Bible to justify never giving anything away? So again, if this is you and you have a theology that allows you not to give, ask yourself, as you look at the teachings and life of Jesus, did Jesus come and save me so I could never give again? And I'll press you even further. Here it is. What if everyone supported financially their local church to the extent that you do? Would that church be strong or weak? Would it be healthy or sick? Would that church impact its community like you kind of hope and maybe even say it should? You say, well, Morgan, well, this place is doing just fine. Look at it. It doesn't need my money. And that leads us now into the fourth reason that I think people don't give. Number four, they don't think their church needs it. And I'm going to spend some time with this one. And if you've checked out along the way and you're offended, just let it go for a minute, all right? Just come right back because I want to talk about one of the strangest thoughts some Christians can have. And if you're new to the whole church deal and Christian deal, first time of day, I'm going to confirm again your worst fear, which is that Christians can think some really strange stuff. And here's one of them. I don't give to my local church because it doesn't need it. Now, some of you grew up in a church where they needed your money. 
You know what I'm saying? And they, you knew they needed your money because they always talked about it. They were always the pledge cards. They were always the huge ass. And if you like, were like me, you grew up in a church where you didn't know if the church was going to make it. At the end of every December, there was always the, the rallies. And there was a the thing and the, an additional letter sent home to ask people to give more so the church could open its doors January 1. Because they didn't know if they were going to make up the budget shortfall. And some of you grew up in churches where they were like, they were like money hobbits there. There were like second offerings, like second breakfasts all the time. And there was this thing and there was that thing. And there was just so much pressure. And many of you gave and you felt guilty, uh, but you didn't give because you were a happy giver. You didn't give because you were a cheerful giver. You gave because you're a here we go again giver. And I'll give to shut the guy up up there about it. Or more likely you left the church that needed your money and you came maybe to a place like this. And you walk and you thought, hey, great. It's all running ship shape. They must not need my money. And especially when it came time for the offering portion of our service, you thought that because it was kind of like blink and you missed it. Where did it go? Where did Pastor Corey say the boxes were? We done? No, they must, they, they don't make it because of the offering. So they must not need it. But here's the irrational part about it. Here it is. You don't therefore want to attend a church that needs your money you just don't. You don't want to be a part of something like that. You typically want to be a part of something that has great goods and services. That it's not just on the edge of going out of business all the time. Because some of you who are business people, you know this. If something's on the edge of going out of business all the time, it's usually because it's being led poorly. There's poor leadership somewhere. And you don't want to be a part of something that threatens you all the time. Like, hey, if y'all don't give, we can't change your baby's diapers. Thank you, them kids. You don't want to walk around smelling that all day, do you? No, you don't want that kind of tactic. So on one end, you don't want to be a part of a church that constantly needs your money, but you won't give to a church that doesn't need your money. So here you are. You never, therefore, plan on giving to a church you currently attend. Now, what are we supposed to do with that? Our elder team, we could get together. John and Gail and I put our heads together. We could create a crisis. We could spend ourselves into disaster and get up one Sunday and say, now, friends, you know, we've got a real problem here. You should give towards. No, but here's the, here's the other thing about this. Do you, do you do business, again, with companies that have great goods and services or companies that are terrible, right? No, it's typically good ones. So why, why would you, if you love your church and you know God is touching lives here, why would you treat places like Disney and Starbucks better than you treat your own church. Some of you, you look at your money and you put way more every month into Disney and Starbucks or the Dallas Cowboys or Austin FC than you do your own church. Now listen, I love Los Verdes, especially at a great year this year, right? Not against those companies. I'm great. Spend your money there, please. All right, get that extra monster frappuccino. You pretend it's a, you know, like a, a drink all you want and not a dessert because it comes through a straw. You can kid yourself and fool yourself. It's okay. But why, why, my question is, would you treat another company that doesn't really care about you, a company to which you are only a credit card number? Why would you treat that company better than the church? of Jesus. Let me ask you, when your marriage or life hits a bump, when your kid or teen hits a rough patch or you're struggling, are you going to call up Mickey Mouse or Jerry Jones? Ask for help. I hope not. <laughs> you know, call you're going to call up Tim Cook and Cupertino and say, hey, Tim, having a hard time here. You know what he's going to say? 
Nothing, because you're never going to get a hold of Tim Cook. But I'll tell you what Apple will say, good luck and goodbye, you know. Buy the iPhone Pro 14. No, no who are you going to come find? Most often, most often, it's going to be someone, I hope it is anyway, in your church. And you know what the beautiful thing is? Here it is. We will always help. Regardless of where you're coming from, we will never check somebody's giving records when we do, before or after. It's irrelevant. We're the church of Jesus. We are here to love people through their dark moments and do our best in moments of crisis. So, so why would you treat another company better financially than you treat the church that you love? It doesn't make sense. Because here's the thing. In the end, though, we do actually need your money, but not for the reason that you might think. We don't need your money to pay for staff. We don't need your money to help pay for lights or electricity or carpet or paint or, you know, checks mix and in kids. That stuff is already paid for by the one third of people who give already. It's already taken care of. And I know some of you, you don't want to give to bills anyway. You think, I don't want to pay for lights and sound and microphones, even though I consume that every week, right? I want to give to special things. And I want to say, that's because you think you're special and your money's special. But I don't ever say that. I just think that. And I never tell you that I feel that way. But okay, that stuff's already taken care of. No, no, no. But here's why we actually do need your money. It's because we in Mosaic Church are on a mission to change the city and change the way people maybe even view the church. We don't think the city just needs another church, even though we're grateful. I'm so grateful for every church that's here. We co-labor extensively with the body of Christ. Thank God for them and us. The city, though, needs another, I think, kind of a church, a church that isn't politically liberal or politically conservative, but politically engaged. A church that is socially conscious and expresses the gospel in word and deed. A church that is intentionally diverse. A church that loves both the grace of God and the holiness of God. A church that doesn't say it's either for the unchurched or just the church people, but wants both. A church that is both passionate and deep, where you don't have to check your brains or your emotion at the door. A church that has the fireplace of church history and, I hope, the fire of the Holy Spirit in it. A church that is current but not current events driven, not just another church, but another kind of church. A church that plants churches, that plants churches, that can give away, like you saw, a ton of money in the community and yes, still care for its own people. Now think about, think about all the good news that all you experience here is already paid for. All of it's important. It impacts the city. But if all of you of us gave, guess what the only thing that gets bigger instantly is? It's not our facility expense, that's fixed. No, it's our ability to impact the community, that's what skyrockets immediately. Our ability to do more ministry, give away more, like overnight instantly grows to save for our future here, sure. Now look, think about all we've been able to do. What our church mosaic has become in this city, friends. Because people, some people didn't say, I don't have a plan. People didn't say, I don't have the time to create a plan, or I have a theology that allows me not to have a plan, or I don't want to give to a place that doesn't look like it needs my money. No, people here gave, and they trusted. Aren't you glad they did? I am. And isn't this, by the way, what Jesus has done for us? He didn't say, I don't have a plan to give to the people I love. I don't have time to create a plan for the people that I love. He didn't say, I have a theology that allows me not to care for and have a plan for the people I love. Nor did he just say, the planet will make it without me. No. What did he say? He said, where your treasure is, 
that's where your heart is. And his treasure was in us. And he gave all of his heart and his body and his life for us. Because what you sacrifice for is what you really love. I want to tell you, close with this thought. You'll miss money you spend going out to eat sometimes, especially if it was a bad meal. You'll wish you had it back. You'll miss money that you spend on that pair of shoes. Maybe some of you are like, I'm going to like my shoes today, thank you much. But you'll never miss a dollar you put into God's kingdom and God's church. You just won't. My favorite money that Carrie and I give every month that we have is what we give here. Because we know how far it goes and how many people's lives it impacts all over the city and the world. So here's what I'm asking you to do today. If you don't have a plan, create one today. And if not today, yeah, by January 1 of the new year, 2023. No car today, no fundraising drive, no campaign, no nothing. Just what I hope is a common sense and biblical approach and request to quite literally put your money, put your treasure where you say that your heart is. Think of all the good we can do if we'll do it together. Let me take a moment and pray for us as we begin to close. And Pastor Roslyn's going to come. Lord, we just thank you today for the opportunity that we have to make a difference together. Our lives, hearts, stuff, and sure, money. Thank you for loving us enough to create a plan for us. Out of the love that you've given to us, Lord, would you open our hearts to do the same for your kingdom and for your people. I pray this in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.